Let's go. Uh, the Poptimist came from just a combination of, I guess, the word pop music and, so pop music and optimism, and I just figured I'd put them together. Yeah. And they just they just sounded cool, so that, that's how I kind of got the name. You are now listening to the Poptimist Podcast. My name is Taylor Berryman, and today we have... Daniel Grimmett. From? Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Originally. And the name of your company? The songwriting team. The songwriting yep. team. It's one of them, the main one. Yeah. Yep. So, um, last, or a few days ago, you posted a status on Facebook that really stuck out to me because you basically gave all these points about being in the music business and how up and down it can be, how there's a whole bunch of ins and outs to it that no one can really expect. Um, so I just wanted to kind of go over those points. I wrote them down here, so I figured what we could do is I'll just read one off, and then I want to kind of have you riff on it, how you got to that idea or what experiences you've had that led you to that. So the first one is... Let me give a little backstory context. Sure, yes, yes, like, yeah, 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 absolutely. Because like what we do is yeah. kind of different from like, you know... Yeah, sure. So, yeah. so um, trying to make it quick. Uh, so we don't play like in the major label space. So I consider yeah. that business a pretty different business from, yeah. from what we have. And I think that a lot of people, you know, coming up who want to produce records or, or be a recording engineer or some kind of creative in the music field, um, musicians too sort of see that as like, oh, well, that's the business, you're either in it or mm-hmm. not, but there's there's sort of this huge um, group of kind of working class, you know... Uh, blue uh, collar, almost. Sure, blue collar, yeah. building our own sort of thing. Um, so, the, so the basis, just so there's some context behind this, we're an independent production company, mm-hmm. um, and our, our little twist is that we're primarily web-based, so most of our clients are in other countries. Um, so we're, we're doing this work virtually. So that, that just came about because I couldn't get enough work in one place. Oh, so yeah. So if we go online, then now it opens it up to 7 billion people. The beauty of technology. Right. So, uh, so we're sort of, uh, uh, you know, little, little tech savvy, I guess, slightly tech savvy music producers. We primarily either, pro- we're pop guys, so we produce pop tracks or mm-hmm. we top one, uh, you know, lyric melody writing for, for DJs or other producers, things like that. Those are two main things that we do. Um, and then underneath that, we, uh, my, my sort of side project, pet project, is building companies underneath that brand. So we have a, a sound design company called Woodshed Audio that uh, we bought from a, another guy here in Nashville. Um, maybe Jonathan Roy would be a great guy to have on. It's a mixer. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Anthemize.com, which is an instrumental marketplace, kind of licensing site. Um, that's awesome. Oh, and then Mix Notes, which is a YouTube channel, kind of education stuff. So that's the backstory. So we're just sort of self self-made little company guys yep. um, so we don't really play with the big boys uh, the, uh, just to set up some context for this sure. it's a completely different world and I think a lot of people don't really know about that world it's like you're either in it or, or you know in the major stuff or, or you're you're broke and yeah there is this in between place out. yeah there's this in between place and um, some of the points I think will yeah I'll, yeah. Let you, I'll let you do your thing yeah so the first one that you kind of said was you aren't going to be perfect and that's okay. There are plenty of times that we drop the ball on a project, forget to do something, overcommit, don't take care of ourselves, etc. Everyone looks perfect on social media, but none of us are. It's all good. <laughs> sure, yeah. So I think it's easy for, you know, whenever you like do something, whether it's big or small, you have people say, oh, well, you're successful, or you did, you know what I mean? And, and 
they don't really get to see the realness of it a lot of times. Like, you know, I mean, not really. It's like we just never, like, tweet about when we, like, you know, fuck up a project for someone or yeah. forget a deadline. You know, we never yeah. tweet about that stuff. And I think there's this image of if you run a business, oh, like, that guy just runs it perfectly, man. They get their shit done all the time. And that's just, I don't know any of that that's 100% true for. Yeah. Um, so that was just an important thing for the, for the guys who were, like, feel like they're overwhelmed and, and frazzled and sometimes forget things and think that they're a bad business person because of that. That's yeah. like completely normal. No one just ever posts about that. You know? It's yeah. not pretty. <laughs> it's not, well, nobody wants to admit that they screwed up. It's usually a private thing, obviously, between you and the client. Yeah, yeah. It's something that you, you have to learn from. And now with the social media that's just kind of ever-present, especially for artists, um, everybody's always posting every fucking picture that gets taken of them and they're posting it's like I feel like I know more about an artist's aesthetic through their social media than I do through their music it's almost like your social media in some ways I'm just realizing this now as I'm saying it it's almost like your social media lets people know who you are as an artist before they even hear your music you want them to think you are as an artist. Yes, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah depending on how Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. So yeah, you yeah. can kind of uh, tweak it a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting game. Some people can really play the game. They're good at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, usually those people are also kind of sociopaths, too. I sure. Think. I think yeah. some of that goes hand yeah. in hand. Probably. <laughs> I mean, what... I, I like Nashville, and I like the fact that there is so much creativity and music happening mm-hmm. here but one of the things that turns me off is like I'm from a, a small fucking town in Maine mm-hmm. like my dad he was in the Navy for like 20 something years and after that he retired he became a fucking shipyard worker yeah so like I always have seen music as very blue collar and my emotions from it I always kind of try and remove like I think the only time to really have something attached is when you're creating you have mm-hmm. to have that but when you're trying to do the work and you're trying to make business decisions and shit like that, you have to like you almost have to separate the artist from the business. You can't have both hand in hand. Yeah, and the blue collar thing is interesting because I think a lot of uh, what I what I see in, in, in a lot of the folks we work with is uh, trying to kind of skip that. You know, mm-hmm. they want to skip the the, the, work the blue part. collar and go yeah. straight to the uh, to the to the Wall Street banker yeah. gig. You know. The, the big dogs is 1% and, and it just takes the blue collar part but the blue collar part isn't glamorous and I, I get I'm not saying they're doing something wrong I get that that's a very tough thing because then to catch 22 part of it is well people expect you know you to be this this you know this this untouchable entity this you know and again it's them modeling themselves after this major industry which is a completely different industry you know the marketing plan yeah. for Justin Bieber isn't going to work for you. No, you know, you not get, at all. If you get naked on camera, then it's just weird. You know, it's yeah, just, it's different. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a different. You don't have thing. that major label money to, to back you up. Sure, it's just yeah. That is a hey, I'm unattainable pop star. It's a big deal if you're within ten feet of me. You know, and and, and an indie artist can't can't model after that one percent. They got to model after the blue collar. Like, hey, I'm here to fix your air conditioning, and I want to like get to know your family because you're yeah. the family friendly air conditioning guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, you have to, you have to kind of build things. Yeah, 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 you do. <laughs> I think that's why we sort of, you know, I moved to Los Angeles and was primed for my big, my big uh, debut as a recording engineer in the studios, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they didn't fucking need me. <laughs> no. They didn't need me. And I realized, so I was like, okay, the only way we can, I can do this and have a gig in this is if I, the only surefire way is if I make my job. 
I yes. make it myself. You know? Desperation. Um, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And uh, you know, I, I sort of, regardless of you know us, us being being small timers in the grand scheme of things, you know, we, we own it. It's ours. No one can take that away. Unless, yeah. Unless like Google shuts down or something, but hopefully they wouldn't. <laughs> what I always like about about podcasting, and in particular, I'm, I'm a really big fan of Adam Carolla. Mm-hmm. And he has this this famous, like one of his most famous rants is about how basically he's blacklisted throughout all the media because they always, they always call him a bunch of like names and they always mm-hmm. take everything he says out of context. And um, he just goes on this rant, rant about how he, he's like a pirate ship and that he's allowed to say and do whatever he wants because he, he owns the building. Like no one can come and sure. shut him down. Right. Because of something he said. One thing that I've noticed a lot is artists always have to fucking apologize. That's one thing that's turned me off is like you could tell it came from a real place what they were saying. Like whether it's like Jack White talking shit about someone or, or the Gallagher brothers. Mm-hmm. Like when they're talking shit about someone except they never apologize, which I like. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, it just... Political correctness or what, yeah. Yeah, it just it turns me off. I want to hear someone be be fucking real and not have to go back on what you know they, sure. they meant and what they still mean. Yeah, and again, that's like a, <clears throat> that's a pleasing the masses thing, you know, which is just sort of why we, you know, we just, we're okay that we sort of don't play in that space. Yeah. <laughs> Seems kind of stressful, you know. If we fuck up and we actually did fuck up, then we say sorry and if, you know, if, if we say something that, that a lot of people don't agree with, which I, in general, I'm not a super... I don't think I have any opinions that are super controversial that are related sure. to music, really. I just sort of chat about what I know about. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if, if we said it, then that's what we meant to say. We may lose a couple clients, but it's not going to make an impact as far as maybe this big-time stuff, you know. So I think it's a gift. Yeah, <laughs> it is a gift. You know, it's a you know, publicist saying, well, you can't say that. You can't do that, you know. Fuck so, off. That's yeah. what I say yeah. in response. <laughs> Okay, so here's point number two. There is no, again, this is kind of what we're just oh, going yeah, over. Man. There is no blueprint for this. Mm-hmm. You don't have to model your business after or compare it to the huge major music companies. That's a completely different industry from us underdogs, and it's okay that you're not there yet. Try your things. I'm sorry, I can't even read my own writing. No, it's okay. Try, try out things you'd be surprised that a lot of big-time successful people that you look up to will probably think you are it's cool. doing is cool. Yeah, it yeah. happened to me firsthand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's like easy to, you know, of course we want to be like a publishing company that publishes hits, you know? That's what we want to be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, and that's great you can get there, but like it, it's tough to sometimes for businesses to, you know, a small independent guy. When I say business, it could be a freelancer, producer, you mm-hmm. know, whoever, freelance, a studio, independent, maybe a home studio. Um, just trying some stuff, you know what I mean? Like, maybe someone would think, like, oh, I don't want to do, like, YouTube tutorials, because that's, like, cheesy. Like, my icon wouldn't do that. Like, Max Martin wouldn't do that. He's above that or whatever. You know, he probably wouldn't think that, but... What the, this this person may think that their heroes yeah. think that's stupid or something, and they're leaving a lot of money on the table. The one of the, the the richest independent dude I know in this industry is a YouTuber, you know. Yeah. Um, and and doesn't often record bands. I don't think that's really not where a lot of his his, his income from music comes from. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't uh, think it, know, I don't think it does for anybody these you days. You can you can call him cheesy, but you know. Um, <laughs> hey, you got to get your slice right. of the pot. He's doing all right. So. Uh, so yeah, I think it's 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 people are kind of sometimes I think worried more about like looking cool than 
doing something that's right for their, their business. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. sure, maybe 50% of our projects are just kind of like random demos, you know, in, in essence compared to these big music companies and producers we look up to. Sure, it may be like lame, but, you know, it's good money. Why not? You know, yeah. like we're, we're not above doing that. Um, it's, it's, it's part of our business, you know, and uh, it's like another one of the points in there. It's, you're not going to like everything that you do. It's, that's, that's the same for us. It's the same for the big guys. Oh, that's yeah. That's a fact. You know, like, there's this dream of like, you know, I think a lot of people go full time audio and they're like, oh, I don't really like this miserable, like a lot of the stuff I don't really care for, you know, and you can sort of, that ratio can change over time. You get better mm-hmm. artists and more talented artists as you, as you, you know, get, get more experienced and more connected to people. But uh, in general, that's still going to be part of it. You know, there's just some stuff that like, well, yeah, I'm going to take that project so I can buy that guitar. And that's the same for little guys and big guys. Yep. Um, you got to fund it. You gotta fund it, man. I think some people are really afraid to like it's gonna tarnish their brand or stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I mean nobody ever has to know about those projects. Yeah, anymore. exactly. Like, those, those you don't have to advertise yeah, that, that you yeah, like somebody in the middle of nowhere doing a demo with you is that you know, it's probably not gonna and, and people aren't gonna find out, you know, who cares? I mean we we're a service business. We uh we just as long as they're stoked, we did our job. You know what I mean? Um so that's that. So so yeah, I think I Oh, so the story. Oh, so so yeah. I said at the end about people, you know, the love you who actually may think it's cool. So mm-hmm. I, I, when I was in Los Angeles, um, I uh, interviewed to uh, be in be a, a. I think it was an internship, or maybe it was paid for for a songwriter, a notable songwriter. And I had to go through like three interviews first to even get to the guy. Um, and, and some of these interviews were with other very notable songwriters who had a company. So I'd go through the company to interview them mm-hmm. and go with like his assistant and then finally him, you know. And what was interesting is like, so they ask you what you're doing, da 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 da, you know, they expect to hear, oh, I interned here and, you know, um, the sort of normal path. And I just told him, I was like, well, I built this website. I'm, I'm a producer, I'm a track guy, and I built this website and I, you know, wake up and I just check my emails and get these projects and I do them and that's how I make my cash and they were like more interested in talking about that than they were like interviewing me for that the job and then I finally got to to the main writer for the interview and he's like you should keep doing it. he's like don't stop that and come intern for me he's like that keep doing your thing you build something keep doing that don't give that up that's he's like I'm not gonna hire you because I know because he's like I just don't think it's a good idea it's for you to leave that and interview with me or intern with me so I was like, okay, I mean, there's... That's very flattering. interesting, yeah. yeah. I was like, really? Like, I don't want to talk about my dumb website. I want to talk about interviewing with these these hit makers, man, you know? Well, what they, what they probably saw is... What, one thing that I've noticed is people who have experience, it goes a long way with them if they see you fucking doing it yourself and not yeah. holding your hand out and not, like, if you don't go into those... I imagine, just from, from meeting you today, I can't imagine you going into a scenario just asking for a bunch of shit from them or what you're going to be able to gain other than like an education or experience. Because I feel like a lot of people in our general age group, especially in this fucking business, they go out with their hands out saying, so what can you do for me? It's not like if I were to walk into a situation like that, it's like, what can I do for you to where I can soak up all the fucking knowledge that you have? Yeah. And it sounds like you were already probably three steps or four steps ahead of most people who are interviewing for that position. Yeah, and I think that, like, and not that maybe I would have brought super value to them except just doing whatever the job they needed to be done. Um, but in general, that's always been my way of doing things. I'm, I'm a, 
believer in buying your friends, and, and that sounds bad, but what I mean by that is uh, when I got my first internship, um, this is back in North Carolina at a commercial studio there, and the guy was generally never into internships, he's not into it. So I paid for a session to like show him that I knew what I was doing, you know? Um, and then when I got the internship, I immediately started bringing clients in there. I was like, if I just like bring money in the studio, whether he likes me or not, he's not going to kick me out, you know? Um, so, you know, I was talking to a kid today at a meeting with, and, and, and I was like, yeah, if you want to like meet these writers, like everybody's out meeting these writers at writer's rounds, like hire one of them for a session vocal. Oh, even if it's yeah. not even like a real gig, just make a gig up. Money fucking talks. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, and then, Cause then you're just, you're in this new, so I'm not being meaning buying your friends with like, you know corrupt government ways of buying your food, yeah. but you know what I mean. It's, exactly. it's, like, it's like now you're in a different circle. Now you're in a like, okay, this kid can like bring some dough to the table. Like Time is valuable. Time yeah. costs money. Yeah, so that's always been been my approach, man. My uh, our, our business partner on, on a couple of our businesses now, um, he's a great mixer, um, mixes mixes big clients, and uh, we, we just we brought him work. That was my first interaction with him. I was like, hey, man, I... I think your your stuff is really cool. I'd like to hire you for work. And now he's our go-to guy. Now we pretty much pay him a salary. Um, so it worked out for both of us. You know, we have a, 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 he's been just a great kind of mentor in the industry, obviously a business partner on other, on other things and, yeah. uh, and a great mixer and a great friend. Um, but you know, it's like any other producer, like, Hey, help me mix, you know? It's like, yeah. that doesn't do anything for him. Like go to the YouTube, build a YouTube channel for you. Go watch the videos. Don't bother him, you know? Yeah. Um, we came into it as with, hey, you know, we, we, we're not big time, but, we, you know, we could probably shuffle a couple projects your way if you're interested. And, yeah. What can we do um, for you? Yeah. Yeah. So 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's got to be, and that, I, that was the one thing I think that's been kind of liberating, especially that I've realized over these past six months, um, everybody's just trying to really be themselves doing this. Sure. So if you got a if you got some money that you can you can squirrel away and that you can pay to have things done correctly, then you're opening yourself up to a bunch of new opportunities. Right, right. And everybody has different backgrounds, you know, and some people just like legit don't have the money, but maybe they, they really hustle and work and, and have good ideas and stuff and maybe it's you know, they come to me with that and say, Hey, I can't fund this thing, but I'll run it and I got this idea and you know, I wanna use one of your platforms to help launch it and I'm always looking for that kind of stuff too. So um, but yeah, you can't just be like, a, like we get them every day, man. Like, oh, I'll bring one up after so you can see like some of the awesome emails we get. Mm -hmm. Just like, hi, hi, need job. You know, it's like literally shit like that. Really? It's like, uh, well, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, some bad ones, man. Even like people that like have like Berkeley, you know, went to Berkeley and shit. I'm like, man, they didn't teach you how to write a fucking email. Like. Well, that's the other funny thing. Maybe they went to the summer camp. Maybe they didn't go to the whole... You have to have some kind of people skills. Like, I can... I, it's so important yeah. that you have at least a little bit of a business sense. Either you have to have a, uh, a really good business sense and a little bit of talent, or a lot of talent and a little bit of business sense. Yeah, or a partner that has it. Yeah, yeah so exactly. If like, really don't have it, then... They got to get a partner yeah. at some point to do that. You know, and me and my business partner are kind of that way. Not that he's like, he's got, you know, some business sense, but in general, it's not his thing. And mm -hmm. he's sort of the quiet, creative type. And, yeah. and I get the gigs and he, he does the gigs and we, we compliment each other well. Um, you know, so, so yeah, if someone, cause I, you know, a lot of people are just probably sitting and they're going to listen to me. Like, Man, I just really blow at the business side. Like, am I doomed? You know, it's like, not necessarily. You just got to get a partner, you know? 
yeah. that make it work. Find someone who who is great at the business side. Um, it's like you know. things start opening up to you through time. It, it it's not fucking instant. It's not just gonna happen overnight. Sure. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Like recently, I was, I, I was working at a logistics company, mm-hmm. and I fucking hated my job. I was miserable. I was working like sixty hours a week. Things into there, I was just like, fuck this. I I can I can no longer do this. My soul was dying. Yeah. Sure. With what I was doing, and I was just like, and on the other hand, I really wasn't working on music stuff either and I was I was in a, a weird situation with a roommate that I really didn't fucking like and it was just like everything about so if you're listening right now yeah, yeah fuck you that's what he really thinks <laughs> but um I just knew that there had to be some kind of change in my life and I mean it was a, a semi chosen slash semi forced leap of faith and I don't, I don't have a day job right now. I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay my rent in October yet. I have everything. I pretty much have all my bills paid through September. Oh, I was good. like, fuck it. I'm going for it. I can't, I can't keep dwelling on this. Mm-hmm. And I can't keep wondering if it's going to happen. I'm just going to have to have to fail at it. And if I fail, then I'll just move back in with my parents for the 10,000th time. Yeah, 100%, man. Yep. And, and we're lucky that we have, that we can. Yeah. You know? Yeah, even that I've gotten this far, it feels like a gift. Like any failure that comes my way, like you pro- you probably have this opinion being like a business owner, you can't you can't fucking see failure as as a fear. You have to you have to fucking fail. You have to screw up. You have to skin your knee. You have to find out not to touch that hot stove. Yeah. At least I did. I sure. I'm dumb with some things. Like I just I just have to learn through through doing it. Other things I think it's important to to learn from a win. Like I, I read Ronda Rousey's book. Do you, you do you like Ronda Rousey I'm at all? I'm a big reader. Okay, so Ronda Rousey. Notes. Yeah, her <laughs> mom was like this crazy, uh, crazy like Juno instructor. I think okay. she won like uh, a, in the, the fucking like Juno World Championships. But her mom is like world class. But her mom always told her like it's more more. It's like just as important to learn from a win. Or it's easier to learn from a learn from a win than it is from a loss, um, and I think it's also easier to learn from someone else's loss. Like when I'm when I'm looking around, I'm seeing people who are just fucking cutting people's throats left and right, and not giving a fuck. Damn, and they're I don't know where you hang out? Yeah, <laughs> remind me not to go there. Yeah, no, I, I just feel like I've been in this pit of Nashville, and I've had a miserable fucking time. But I just feel like one day, like the hangman's gonna come for them, and it's not gonna not gonna ever end well. It doesn't end well when you when you treat people like garbage. Hmm. Yeah, man. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Make so a list of those places. <laughs> I'll never yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, which brings us to our next point. Point number three: Be self-aware and assemble your dream team. If you suck at something, then get over it. Don't try to do that part because it will make you and your clients miserable. Always hire people better than you and make it worth their time to be involved, even if it means giving up some stake in your company. Not to be confused with steak, which you eat. Um, you should never give that up. Eat that. Yes. Yes. Very important. <laughs> Need to make sure people got that. Um, yeah, that, I wrote that one for me. Uh, <laughs> for me to go back and reread and say, okay, well, I said that to other people, so now I've got to do it. Um, yeah, like, so running a business, uh, the first sort of hurt, which I haven't um, accomplished yet, is 
hiring people is a very hard thing. And we've had some employees and have come mm-hmm. and gone and part-time, full-time. Um, it's a tough thing. It's Because it, now someone else's shit's, like, matter. You know, now someone else's life is, like... In your hands. Sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Dramatically. You're, you're, you're responsible for, for their well-being yeah, yeah. for at least the period of time they're working for you. Um, and I change my mind often, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're going to go this direction now, and, and this doesn't fit into the bottom line anymore, so sorry. You know, so that makes me scared to hire people, which mm-hmm. I need to be doing right now because, first part of that, like I blow at project management. I can set up the process. I can t- train someone how to do it. When it comes to me, it's very tough for me to do like the in the the grit work, you know, the day to day sort of operation stuff. As a, as the owner of the company, you know, I need to be doing big pictures, you know, mm-hmm. growing at big picture. Um, so I don't like to do it. So I put it all. You know, it's a very important part of our business. Yeah. We're a project based service company um, in general. So, uh, so yeah, man, it's just about like knowing what you aren't good at and firing yourself from that position, you know. I fire myself all the time, I to, you know, so so we're in a thing now of either hiring someone or, or my business partner's going to take over some of the project stuff as I just, you know, came in and I was like, I'm firing myself from this. Like, I'm doing a shitty job at it. You know, our old project manager is great. He killed it. Um, I'm not the guy for this. So if you think you can do it, cool. If we need to hire somebody, we'll hire someone. Um, so, yeah, it's just... In the beginning, you kind of got to do it all by yourself, and I did. I did for the first two two yeah. years before I got a partner. I did do it all myself, and uh, um, but eventually, it's it's tough to. And I'm not an expert. I shouldn't even be talking about this, but my experience is is it's it's tough to sort of let go of some of the things and like it's like these are things I know I shouldn't be doing, but I have a trust issue letting someone else doing them, and that shit can really hold you back from growing. And I'm saying that out loud. So I can go yeah. back and listen to this later and be like, listen to yourself, dumbass, and actually do what you're saying. <laughs> so what exactly do you mean by project management? Do you mean someone like overseeing, okay, so you have to, we have to track the drums this day, we have to record this, we have to hire these musicians. You know, it's sort of easier because we, we're track guys. It's pretty much one guy making the track. Gotcha. We, okay. It's not even that many people involved. It's usually about three people involved. So where it gets a little tough is, is this is online collaboration. Um, so... And we do high volume work, um, so so at any given time, there's probably twenty to fifty songs we're working on with two people. Really, one guy that does the actual music stuff, and then we have a a, a mixer that we contract and a songwriter that we contract. Um, so it's just a lot of like like a little task to in, to anybody else. You'd see, oh, like change the vocal up, like that's not a big, you know, or, or boost the vo- volume on a vocal. That's not a big mm-hmm. deal, except like. It has to go through 50 million people if the process isn't great, you know, and like, oh, well, that fell through the crack. We forgot to turn their vocal up because somebody didn't get the email to the right person, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of that kind of just, like, day-to-day stuff that, I, that sure. I'm just, like, not kind of really... I'm interested. I don't want to say I'm not interested in this and I don't care. Um, I do care. It's an important part about the client, you know, important part of the client experience and uh, them getting their stuff done. And uh, But for me, it's, it's just not a primary focus <laughs> As a You've got bigger owner. fish to fry. Sure, different other yeah other yeah. things that, that that I'm needing needed more on that actually need you. Sure, that's, that's where project can, management you know can be kind of taught for the most yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, um, something you can delegate out to someone. Sure. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what it, it's just a lot of like just little revisions and tweaks that that shouldn't be a problem, but it's when there's you know hundred of them at a time, it can get a little it's a lot to manage. Crazy of like oh did that get done? Then I get done. You know. Um, and we have the, the, the systems in place, the, you know, there's great software for that kind of stuff and keeping up with it. 
um, but someone has to run it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Still be human, human error. So that's uh, not my strong points. I think the biggest thing is just like, you could also go like deeper than that. And like, there's just like a lot of people who want to be like, this is going to sound kind of shitty, but you know, they want to be producers and engineers that just like, they're just not cut out for it. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're like to me, they're, you know, as I get a lot of people asking me, they want to do this, you know, figure out how to do it for a living or whatever. And I'm humbled that they're asking me all the people that get ask. But, uh, you know, it's like, well, is your shit that good? You know, like mm-hmm. if your shit's not good, you can't expect like, you know, there's just not a lot of room for being mediocre in, in music. Like, to make a living, you know, yeah. anybody can play, and that's how a lot of people just love it, love the hobby, and get out, get the happiness out of that. Um, but if you want to do it for a living, it's very tough to do, and there just isn't a lot of room for the ones that aren't that great, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not possible, um, but but that's the first thing, and, and I'm not wasn't the best producer engineer, you know what I mean? I didn't see myself like making a mark in the world that way, even though I love doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and started the business in the first two years got clients with what I was able to achieve, but I wanted to hire someone better than me, you know? I want my production team to be the best. So I gotta hire kids that are better than me um, and, and do that. So, so yeah, man, that's being self-aware of. That kind of reminds me of something that, that Richard Branson says. Hmm. Um, I, always, I always love reading his articles on LinkedIn because he always has such, so he's so fucking mindful and self-aware of everything that he does. Yeah. And if and if there was a, a point in his time which he talks about like I was really bad at this like he always he was he's dyslexic I don't know I don't know if right you, yeah yeah that but he's like numbers is always something that troubled me I was good at the creative stuff but when I had to fucking do any of the counting I always failed miserably at it so eventually I was able to hire someone else to do it because it's not my strength right and I, I think there's this tendency with music where I know there's a lot of a lot of artists especially very talented ones who are multi-instrumentalists, mm-hmm. they can play everything, they can write everything. Just because you can play and write everything doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Yeah. Like, they have to. Yeah. They, yeah, unless you, unless you have to. And at some point, hopefully you're able to, to like, form that out to other people. I mean, my personal dream would be to be, to own my own fucking studio mm-hmm. and be able to cut to tape that that's that's the dream cool. but yeah. do it do it in like a, a cool modern way like i really all my heroes growing up were like mark ronson mm-hmm. uh danger mouse mm-hmm. um phil specter yeah. like producers who are like auteurs you know who have like i uh, like like almost like quentin tarantino like yeah. i fucking yeah. love quentin tarantino thing, yeah. yeah because he's like he's so stylized and so right. himself like I, I mean i could write something and pass it along to somebody and you could have true romance but like I'm better off like being the writer and director and having Pulp Fiction and just having whatever right. lens it is yeah. through that artist. So yeah. I don't know what were your kind of experiences growing up and how did you how did you know that this was something that you wanted to do? Who were your influences? How did it all start? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so I started playing music really young um, as a kid. And it was sort of a, this is going to sound like totally like VH1 behind the music <laughs> bullshit. 
<laughs> I was like, man, I hope, I hope he wasn't going to ask that. But, uh, so it was a way for me to deal with, with childhood abuse. Um, that was sure. my first introduction to music. It was around. It was something to do to yeah. distract, you know? Yeah. Um, that's how I got into playing guitar. You know, my family was kind of a musical family. So there was always instruments around. We had a piano and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that the because I've done a lot, ton of other like jobs and other things in, in my life. Yeah, and music's just the only thing I've actually stuck to for a long period of time. Um, but as far as uh, influences, it it really changed over the years, man. I, I had I think just like a lot of people, kind of phases, um, you know, phases that I that I went through. Um, but I was like, I don't know, man. I was kind of weird. I'm not like a a good or bad thing, but I never really had a lot of like heroes or anything like that. Sure. You know, I, I don't think there's any musicians thing. that like are just like, whoa, that's my hero. I mean, I would go through. Fa- there's a ton of people I love. You know, I was never into like superheroes. Or, I don't know. I was never into the hero thing or like, that's that's my guy. You know, like that's the thing. Um, but but it sounds kind of douchey, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, to, I mean, no, no. I think. It- Okay. Especially someone I'm above having a hero. I just really I can't think. There's no nobody that like instantly pops in my head like that's the influence, man. Like that's sure. yeah. I never really like had that. I think maybe I'm just too ADD. I'd get on to someone else like yeah. the next week, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like oh, what they're doing is cool, and then the next week, oh, what they're doing is kind of neat, mm-hmm. and, you know. Just um, sort of create this hodgepodge of, of influences from all over all over the place, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it was all very experience influence when when I was young, you know kid and a teenager playing in bands um and then uh yeah I just got the music was the only thing that um I had done for that long everything else I would commit to for a year and then quit you know what are Um, some other jobs that you've had oh sure sure yeah um, so so I'll also say that all of my success in doing this building company was 100% from these other jobs and not from anything in music I I fucking love hearing that. <laughs> yes, because yeah. you have other skills in life yeah. that you learned how yeah, to. This apply. isn't really shit you learn in music yeah. business, man. No. You learn it. So, uh, uh, so, so I went to rehab when I was eighteen. Um, after you know, four about four years playing, you know, playing a band. Six <laughs> so I got clean very early. So I think that was one of the things uh, you have to get going through that process. You, it, it's a hundred percent self awareness shit. Yeah. It's kind of a little lame having to do it at 18. You're like, fuck, man, I don't want to do this grown-up shit right now. You know, I just want to be a kid. So you have to kind of grow up quick, be that self-aware um, quickly. So um, so that was good. I kind of got to, like, sort of figure out, like, okay, what am I really good at and what do I suck at? Like, I'm here, like, I'm a month sober from being a drug addict, and now I'm 18, so I'm an adult, so I can go to jail for things, and, like, you know, it's time to, like, actually be an adult now, I guess, you know? Um, is where a lot of my other friends had to get another, you know, four or five years of kind of out partying yeah. and stuff. I was like, shit, I can't hang with them. Um, so I went into sales, uh, just because that's kind of where drug addicts go when they get clean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We like fast-paced shit, and we can yeah. talk a lot, and, uh, you know, we're, we're driven by, you know, instant gratification. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so I was led to that. I did uh, everything from... Um, Selling, you know, home good stuff to advertising in magazines, and and eventually ended up uh, did, went into uh, hair care industry, um, and then uh, I ended up in the end in uh, in real estate marketing. So that was kind of my first like big job before I went into 
to music full time, um, and that's like where I learned everything. That's where I learned because being an agent's very similar to being like a producer. You know, you're a you're a lifestyle brand. You're your personal brand. You have to yeah. get you have to find your clients. You have to manage your stuff, pipeline. You know, yeah, your pipeline, one hundred percent. So uh, so it's the same thing. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna put a website up like I used to do for these agents. You know, it's just slightly tweaked a little bit. We're just going after a different kind of market. Um, so yeah, those are my jobs, just random stuff. And I, I always end up being like miserable at those jobs, you know. Um, hey, fucking man. But 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 I loved what I learned from it. it was that was my college, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, and then yeah, I sort of just applied that stuff to uh, to our music thing. Um, yeah, and that, that, I think feel like it gave me a, a, a competitive edge for sure. I mean, just you don't learn that shit in the music industry. I mean, no. I'm trying to make videos and teach people and stuff just the basic crap I know, but just because they're not going to learn it from you know they got these schools sort of telling like, yeah you're gonna you know you just get out and get a job in a studio and like most these studios aren't even viable businesses you know no. it's like kind of a bummer you know I mean whatever I can't really say you know some of our companies are partnered with schools so I can't say anything <laughs> specific I you know I, I love I'm excited I want to start speaking at some of the schools just being on little panels or whatever you know mm -hmm. um, just because I think it'd be fun just to sort of like talk to I'm just curious to know, like, what do y'all, like, think y'all are going to, like, do? Like, what, what's kind of y'all's plan? I'm, yeah. I'm just curious to ask, like, a group of 30 kids what they, what, what it is. I'm just curious oh, to know. Oh, man. Um, I don't think it's good, or I don't think it's necessarily realistic. I, you know, I think they'll, I think, this is totally guessing, I think there'll be a couple winners in each class, and I think that's yeah. the same for everyone. That's true, team. yeah. It's just, it's just like, yeah. when you learn that from sales, like a numbers game. I, I yeah. have a sales mm -hmm. background, too. Like, oh, cool, cool. So I didn't go to college. Uh, did you go to college? Uh, no, I had a couple of brief stints. Um, yeah, and kind of, again, didn't commit to it. Like yeah, yeah, I was just like, like, like peace. Yeah. Gotta got something yeah, else to do. do. I would do a couple of semesters and yeah, and did, but uh, yeah, I I basically what I did after I graduated high school was I was in retail for four years at various places throughout the United States. I was down in Florida. Uh, I fucking lived out in Colorado for a little while. Um, lived in. Actually, Wilmington, that's my, where my mom's from. Oh, yeah, She's yeah. from, from oh, cool. North Carolina. Carolina Beach, represent. Yeah, right, yeah. Right below y'all. Yeah. That's where I used to spend my summers, yeah. So, um, I had always done retail. And towards the end of my last, like, last retail job, I was working at Staples. So, I was working at Staples. The enemy. Yeah. I'll, I'll explain that in a second. And I got, uh, I got a fucking internship at this place called BEK. Which was an IT company. All these people came in. They should be like, you should, you should be a salesman. You should do sales. You should do sales. And I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, whatever. I didn't realize that sales is like a real career. Like I always just thought <laughs> of like retail sales. Yeah. And they were like, you should do it. And I, um, I applied to BEK. I got an internship there. I was an intern. I don't know for like six months. So I was working seven days a week at Staples and at this place BEK. So basically, I would work. Three days a week there, and the other four days I would I would work at Staples, mm. and eventually they just started upping me more and more, and I was like norm working normal office hours Monday through Friday, and I was like, this is fucking awesome, not working in retail anymore. And eventually they offered me a job, and they were like, we don't want you to be a tech though, we want you to do sales because we're gonna start doing sales at our company, and we want like a, a sales team. So my first thing was was selling like. Like these things, MFPs, like these giant fucking copiers whenever you go into like a doctor's yeah, yeah. office. So eventually that evolved into selling IT and managed services. And eventually I was just like, well, I want to move away from Maine. And 
I want to do music, so I was like, I'll move to Nashville, which has mm-hmm. always been in the back of my mind. I always thought I'd move down to Nashville. So I moved down to Nashville, started working at a logistics company doing sales, and that was a phone sales job, 100%, and it's so fucking important to be good on the phone. Yeah, man. you yep. got to be good on the phone. you got to be a good listener. Yep. Did you ever have any sales jobs where you are on the phone? Uh, most of them involve the phone. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Cold calling? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you learn... Uh, you're, you're talking my language Pretty now. tough. Uh, yeah. Tough skin pretty quickly. Oh, you learn all about fucking rejection. Yeah. That's what prepped it's, me for music. It's my, my dad bringing up the staple saying My dad is uh, uh, some fancy sales job at, at Office Depot, which Office Max are both the same. Yeah. Um, they're teaming up against the enemy. Uh, <laughs> he sold copiers. That's what he did. Like when yeah. I was a kid, you know. Um, and then he ended up working in, in Office Depot. He does, uh, like high level set, like the states. And shit. Yeah, yeah, like the uh, corporate level. Yeah, nothing yeah. to do with the stores. Um, we only had ten percent discounts. So it's kind of lame, but uh, um, but yeah, he told he's like sales is just a game, you know. Like nobody really gets their feelings hurt. Like you know, it's just a game. Play it and yeah. Um, yeah, he used to write it on his little notepad. He's a notepad guy. And I sort of adopted that from him. So there's mm-hmm. like stacks of junk everywhere. Notepads full of notes and crap. And there you just write, it's just a game on the top of the paper, every every notepad, you know. And um, yeah, it, it, it is, you know. And it's definitely easier, like, I, like it's way easier for me in the music stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't even consider it sales. It's just so natural. Yeah. Other stuff when you're selling other people's stuff, it is a little different. You got like it's harder it's almost. Little, to sell yeah, other people's you got to really get to know it and get into it. Yeah, yeah I think once you get into it, you can speak the language and mm-hmm. you're pretty much a replication of, of your your sales manager or CEO or whatever. Um, so yeah, so it's it's yeah, I love it. I love that part. It's great. It's yeah, my favorite part. Man. It's that, the thrill of the role. hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I think that we can do this better, and, and this is why. You know, and they either say yes or no, and you know. It is what it is. Move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rejection happens. Yeah. I, I think it's so, so important because it, so many people who do this, as I'm sure you're well aware of, they don't have that thick skin. Like they're, they're artistic, they're creative and they want to express themselves. They're trying to figure themselves out. It's another catch 22. Yeah. You know, because sometimes for people to, that's why I really think partnerships and, and teams come into play because Maybe that particular artist shouldn't have thick skin. Maybe yeah. that would fuck their art up. Maybe they yeah, need to be totally. sort of fragile. You're the and interference. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe maybe them having thick skin is isn't a good thing. Um, so in that case, again, having someone that can kind of help protect them, protect shield them. them. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. That's why, man. Mixing yeah, business and, and art is a weird thing. Yeah. Um, it's hard. You know. So. so yeah. Point number four. All right. You're not going to enjoy every project that you work on. This isn't always a glamorous business or in the service industry. It's just that art is involved, so it makes it more complicated. That goes for us small timers and the big timers. Seriously, ask one of them. Yeah, I mean, you can only do projects you love. You'll just be broke, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's maybe like two guys maybe that that, that do that. I think in general, we just love doing music, and we mm-hmm. don't really like much or anything else, so it never really sucks, you know? Yeah, exactly. Even if the artist isn't your favorite, or it's in a genre that you, you don't really see yourself making your mark in, um, it's still better than, a, you know, other things, moving boxes, maybe. Maybe it isn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have plenty of friends, too, that are like, 
nah, I just can't record like that stuff. Like I, I'd rather work a day gig and, and record just either my bands or like stuff I really want to be passionate about. And I, I think that's hundred percent a way to do it. I think that's legitimate too. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I hundred percent get that. Absolutely. So like, that's the thing. Like people were, well, I want to do it full time. It's like, maybe, maybe you don't, man. Like it's not what you think it is. Like yeah. you're not going to love every set. And even my friends that have number one mixes, you know, they're great mixing engineers. You know, that's, those label things aren't what pays most of their bills. One, it takes like a year to get paid. So what do you do in the meantime? You're doing just independent stuff. And some of it's cool and you can really get behind it and get behind the arts. And some of it's just like, so yeah, so. I bet I can get that done in about four hours. And, you know, I'm going to get 500 bucks. Sure. You know? Yeah. Why not? Um, you have a skill and somebody wants that skill. Not everybody's going to be the best in the world, you know? So. Well, it's more hours that you're putting in. I think I'm, I'm a really big fan of the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. He talks about the 10,000 hour rule. Mm -hmm. And it's like yeah. it takes 10,000 hours to master any art form, no matter what it is. Like if you're going to be selling fucking copiers or if you're going to be in the music business, it takes 10,000 hours to do it. And some natural. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and a little bit, a little bit of natural ability. I don't know if I could be a pro uh, soccer player. No, no, no. You have to have like a natural inclination sure, sure, towards yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's why I was telling, you know, not, you know, I've had folks that, some, you know, sometimes they get a little bummed doing something, and they're just like, man, I really don't do this. It's paid practice. Just look at it as paid practice. Mm -hmm. Fuck around with a new plugin that you don't really get to use, like, you know, on a session where you're, you really need to be focused on doing your thing, and, um, yeah, go download some free trials of some plugins, you know, you can use this time to play around with it, and, it, and you know, um, and explore that while you're doing this project that you're not particularly into, and pay practice. Take people advantage. People would kill for that. Yeah. People would kill. There's people oh that fuck yeah! I that. would kill for that. Yeah. People kill for that. You know. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's all attitude really, and and I get it. Stuff. There's plenty of stuff. I, there's stuff sitting on our books right now that I just really don't want to do. You know. Yeah. It's paid practice, but I'm really pushing. You know. <laughs> go into the last minute to go in and sing that vocal or something that just, you know, I'm the only guy around that can do it. So I'll mm -hmm. just, you know, I, I get, it's, it could be tough. I'm not saying it doesn't suck sometimes, um, doing some stuff that you may not really prefer, uh, especially if there's a big kind of string of it, you know, it just so happens that all those projects fall into one week. You're yeah. Like, Man, it's been a great week, but you just got to power the fuck through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And push forward. Just make them happy and they may know someone that's awesome and because you made them happy, they tell them and. You never know who leads to what, so. Yeah. I really, I really dig that. I think there's, worse. you have to have the, the power of positivity in everything that you do. Yeah. Because there are going to be some days, like every morning, every week, I start off, I just think, okay, it's Monday, time to make a fucking dollar. Yeah. Monday is the greatest day of the week. You're not, you're not going to get another Monday until a week from now. You have a jump on everything that you need to do today. Mm -hmm. Start planning it out. So I guess one thing that I actually I want to I want to talk to you about is kind of like your your metrics. Like what what is your your average day? Not that there is really an average day, but what do you do like every morning you make a cup of coffee, you do a to-do list and then go from there or how do, how I do wish you I have a good answer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 5 a.m. you're at the gym, right? And you do meditation. Yeah. No, I'm pretty terrible at that. Probably should uh should get more into that. Um I think we're still a little bit in the phase of, of controlled chaos, you know, just my fault, you know, um, but, uh, 
in general, so Christian's usually in sessions all day. Um, 8 to 12 hours. You know, you should go past. So we don't do like the like, uh, stay up super late in sessions shit if we don't have to. Just because it's like, this is online stuff. Yeah. You know, so they don't know like what we're doing. If we had like a, a artisan or something they wanted to go on, you know, that could be fun. And so, you know, but we're just doing this stuff for, mm-hmm. for, um, online folks. So it's pretty easy to schedule. He can, he usually can do about two a day. Um, and then our other guys, our mixers and writers, also have their own schedules. So, um, so Christian's just pretty much in the studio. So me, my, my schedule balances between, so I'm pretty much just on a laptop all day, um, or on the phone. Um, and it's balances between, uh, you know, lead follow-up stuff, project management right now, which I shouldn't be doing. And, um, with some of our other companies, product development. So I do a lot of like, like I'm the face of it, you know? Um, so I do a lot of like, I'm the one kind of out talking to people and by out talking to people, I mean behind my laptop on the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the new out talking to people. out talking yeah. to people. Seeing like other like producers that have my eye, like there's like 10 people right now that have my eye on that are young up and coming kids mm-hmm. that are like either putting together like cool products, cool sample packs or courses or like really hustling gigs or have a cool sound. I'm just always like watching these kids for the right moment to like kind of say, hey, like fucking offer assistance. So I do a lot of, you know, hunting, I guess. Seems like yeah. a creepy word for it, but just just being aware of what's going on and and uh and sales and and and, and yeah, you know, I fall asleep at some point. So every once in a while I'll drive myself to the gym, which I should do more of. Every once in a while I'll have a healthy meal and do all the other shit the entrepreneurs say to do and uh um but, uh, but yeah, man, it's nothing, nothing glamorous, really. Yeah. You know, I don't travel the world. I'm actually just not a big traveler guy. Yeah. You know? Like, some people, it's like they live, like, they want to be an entrepreneur so they can travel. Um, I'm sort of scared of planes. So yeah. I don't really fuck with that. I don't want to <laughs> fucking leave my apartment ever. I just, I'm just like. <laughs> a little bit of a hermit, you know? I, I drive, so I go back and forth between Charlotte and Nashville. How often do you um, do that? Like, uh, a couple weeks, or just when I get bored at one, I go back to Yeah. Bed. Um, and that's uh, where my family friends are, are, so I can kind of just like not talk about music with them and talk about insurance or something yeah. else. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's really what a day looks like for me, man. It's just um, you know uh, because because it's only uh, really two of us and, and some contractors. You know, I'm I'm sort of doing all of it, so it's just a lot of it's a lot of admin stuff, really. So my goal is to kind of move out of that a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I I, need, I want to spend more time on, on content stuff is what I love doing. So doing our videos for all the channels, getting other content creators, doing the blog posts, doing the marketing, doing that stuff. Um, so I do a little bit of that, but not as, not as much as I'd like to. And, um, so we have a company that helps with that stuff. Uh, so so it's stuff is getting done, but I yeah. want to be more involved in, in that. So. And the creative. Yeah, I'm on yeah. the content. Yeah, the product. Uh, yeah, side. So, uh, so yeah, that's it, man. Nothing... Uh, no magical routines. Yeah. Still working on that myself, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's hard. It's so hard to stick to that. that I think that's one thing that it's easy to, to trip yourself up on. For me, I, I definitely like being on a schedule. Like, I yeah. like having everything just lined up perfectly through me. But there's no real way you can plan, but there's no real way to fucking stick to it because 10,000 things happen throughout the day. Yeah. That so, require yeah, your, your, yeah. your attention. It's just, uh, again, part of that is like being a good delegator, which I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like having someone to take care of that shit for you. Yeah. So you don't have to like get caught up in a little 
ass thing that takes an hour, and you're just like, I just wasted an hour on something that anybody could have done, you know? Um, and then the other thing is just like having self-discipline, you know, Ooh, being an entrepreneur and yeah. having self-discipline is huge. <laughs> I'm not the guy, don't ask me any more about it, because yeah. I'm not the guy to talk about it, but yeah. I know that uh, it's something that, that, for me personally, is something that comes very naturally, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have some buddies that, that really are pretty good at it, um, screw them, and uh, you just do your best. That goes back to point one, nobody's perfect, and... You know, you'll have something that you do better than them. And yeah. Double down on that. And I don't remember what the next one was. I don't know. Hold on. Let me see. I think I might have. Oh, okay. Here's one that I really like and I, I relate to a lot. Okay. Get a mentor who has done it. Internet marketers can teach you the surface shit and they charge you money for it. But mentors can show you the grit. The grit and hold you accountable. You're. Yeah. I just fucking. I. I just relate to that. Like, I've always had mentors. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, you know, and I, um, well, I can't say I don't have them now. I mean, I had a very, like, I had a couple of, def- like, definitive ones. Maybe when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't, like, seem like, and then you look yeah. back, oh, that person went from the Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, probably could probably be a good idea to sort of look into, you know, actively seek one out. Um, yeah, so, so my first mentor was one of my first jobs out of, uh, my parents were pretty great mentors, but uh, my first sort of outside of the family one um, was the guy at the, the salon when I worked in the hair industry. Um, and he ran a business for, for a long time, built up a reputation as a colorist who did the color stuff. Um, and yeah, that was the first time I really learned, like, uh, you know, about reputation and, you know, doing what you say you're going to do and, and kind of how to run a business and mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. He was a good mentor for learning, you know, for kind of me getting getting to watch that, what a one-man show looks like, what a successful one-man show looks yep. like, and how he spends his time, and how the client is everything, and uh, obviously a service industry, um, how, you know, he was, he was, you know, getting older, so how do you stay relevant, how do you stay, you know, um, do that stuff in, in kind of a quick moving industry, mm-hmm. um, so he was the first, and then the, the my uh, boss of the studio I worked at um, in Charlotte, was uh, a great mentor too, just for recording. How to hang on a session, how to like, you know. Um, That's an art form in itself, is how to be a good yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and just the main, you know, the the reason I can give him, the, beyond all the other stuff that, that he did for me that just put me in situations to learn, which is really what I think a good in, uh, mentor does. It wasn't like he like gave me these spiritual talks or anything. He just like, he took chances on me. He's like, hey, this band, like, need, we need, I'm touring, touring with them, he's a drummer too, I'm touring with them, and uh, we need a guitar player, so learn, here, learn these ten songs, and you can come along, and, um, you know, put me in a situation where I can learn, and, and do a good job, and, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's like, mentors aren't going to give you opportunities, necessarily, they're going to empower you to, to do the work, to be able to earn your own yeah, opportunity, you know, very so, true. Um, I guess playing in the, that, you know, gig, what was an opportunity, but the point of it was to say, hey, if you can nail this and impress some people, maybe someone else picks you up to do something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also said the LA thing, which I struggle with. Do I want to go out there? He was like, you know, if you never do it, sometimes you can learn from your mentors what they didn't do. Yeah. And I don't think that he regrets not going out there, but um, you know, a fair amount of his friends that went to LA in that time in the nineties, like are big guys now. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure sometimes he's like, Oh, what could have happened? But he has an awesome career in studio. So it's fine. But, uh, 
Um, he said, if you never go, if you don't go now, you'll never do it, most likely. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. So he drove out there with me. Wow. So here's a couple of dudes I know and uh, have fun. <laughs> that's amazing. I think that's a true testament, I think, yeah, of like someone's work ethic and, and character. Mm-hmm. And also, if you have that mentor, like your work ethic and character and kind of what they, they see in you. Yeah. It's super, super valuable, I think, to have someone that you can... You can really learn from. I've always had with no like he got nothing back. I mean, I you know I helped on sessions and stuff, and maybe he felt good about himself or something. It's not, you know, he wasn't. He sure. wanted to see you I succeed. I wasn't paying him, you know, nine ninety nine a month to like be a part of his program. You know, mm-hmm. he just he genuinely yeah, wanted to yeah, see yeah, you yeah. do well. Absolutely, you know, um, and and now I've come, you know. Uh, I do a very different thing from what, what he and his studio does, but now I get to say, like, hey, like, you know, um, you're a drummer, we have a drum sample company, and then I get to cut him checks every month, you know? And that's kind of a cool idea. Full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. to, like, get, you know, it's not much, but it's, you It's know, something. It's to him, he's it's, like, it's, oh, shit, that's cool. That's Why like, not, a, you know? Like, one little slice of income, I think now with, with music... You have to have like a bunch of hustles. You can't just be unless unless you're fucking Beyonce, and even yeah, yeah. she has more more stuff than that. Like, you have to have many different avenues, many revenue streams. I guess I guess that's that's where the the sales and the business comes in. You you can't just have one one fucking one fucking company that you're working with. Um, you might have one company that you're working with who's bringing in sixty percent of your income, but what about that other forty percent? Like, how are you going to pay for your groceries? Yeah, you're paying for your rent and, yeah. your, and your phone bill, but how are you going to pay for everything else? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's cool to have, like, your hands in a couple of different things if, if, it's, if it's authentic, if it's, you know. And some people do just, they do want their, like, mixer and they make six years of your mixing. Cool. Got buddies like that, That's you know. beautiful. Yeah. Um, they're not good examples of because they actually do other stuff. But they could only do mixing, yeah. you know. Um, but, uh, for me, I just am genuinely interested in that kind of stuff. I like building little companies and, you know, it's cool when you can get in a position to sort of to do it and not like, you know, like my life doesn't depend on whether the sample company does anything this month, you mm-hmm. know, um, we're in a position to where our main income comes from. I mean, our technical, our main income comes from one place, you know, a very big majority of it. Um, that's the one to watch if something goes wrong. That's, yeah. That's always the, the important one, but it allows us to toy around with some other things and maybe one of those things takes off, you know, um, uh, that's just my, uh, I'm into that kind of stuff. So it's fun to me. I don't think everybody needs to start four companies or something, you know what I mean? And, and run themselves. In Not the everybody can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm proving that I can't yeah. we'll find out. Um, so, uh, so yeah, man, but I think it's, I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't, be open to it at least, you know? Mm-hmm. Say, okay, well, I can do like some front of house mixing and playing in bands, you know? It's like, okay, well, maybe only 20% of my income comes from playing in my band, but, uh, you know, I get the 80, other 80% from being a front of house engineer. That doesn't suck. I get to meet other bands. And, yeah. You know, and you they, don't they, know what opportunities pop up through that. Yeah, yeah. They, I think, think one of the benefits is like what's, what's interesting about having, you know, we have four different companies. Um, it's like anything else. One of them makes about 80% and the others are sort of, they're newer, one, and and two kind of more long-term things. Um, But sometimes a a client for company A finds us because of company D, you know? So if anything, it's just like just another lead generator, you know? Um, 
And sometimes there's someone that comes in that fits into three out of those four companies. They could benefit from three of those things. And like, you know, so that, that's, there's just more opportunity that way, you know? Um, so that's cool, yeah. I forgot what the point was. What was it? Now, uh, the one we were just on? Yeah, what was it? Mentors. That was the mentor one. Yeah, okay. Got okay. It, got so it, so it. this next one is, speaking of internet marketers, uh, get good at the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, stop watching production, pr I can't even speak, production tutorials for a minute. Your shit sounds good, bro. Focus <laughs> on a wee bit more on how to get work and build a brand on the web. Sure. So these are people obviously want to do, you know, want to do a service industry, you know. I think it's like a, maybe a producer, like a, like a kind of more on the, the, EDMs, like producer, it's a tough term, man. It's yeah. tough because when we say producer now, it, that could be, you know, more of an artist route kind of producer. Yeah, that's what a lot of artists are now. Right. So, so it's less for them, you know, maybe for them it is just studying those production stories mm -hmm. and getting this, you know, developing their sound. More for the people that like, hey, yeah, I can produce track. I want to produce tracks for someone, you know, or I want to. Whatever, whatever. So that applies to anybody that has a music service or yeah, photographer, an artist, yeah, anybody, yeah, really anybody. anybody. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's just like you change the game when you expand your 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 audience. You know, um, like being good at the internet allows us to do cool shit. Like, um, you know, we have our our. <laughs> we have a production tutorial, so don't stop watching ours. Stop watching us. Um, we have we have production tutorials that we mm -hmm. really sell, um, and because we have an audience that buys them, it, it we're in a unique position to um, give the artist, whoever song we use, one of our clients, a royalty from those sales. It's like cool shit like that. Like who can do that shit? You know what I mean? The guys that have an audience. Like you, it's like building. It's like what record labels like did in the past. They they built their business. Mm -hmm. Because they had the infrastructure, they could do cool things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it just puts you in a cool position. Like if you have an audience of whatever, 30,000, 50,000 people for whatever it is, whatever platform, that's a benefit for someone to maybe do their project with you over the other guy. Yeah. Because you, know, you have you have a built-in audience to your shit right there. Yeah. And now you're saying you have a built-in audience that can like, I can get a royalty as a band from some, you know, like... It just allows you to do cool, cool stuff. Like whoever has the audience now wins, and the easiest way to get it on you know, is online. Obviously, we'll, um, more people. I mean, a numbers game, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think that's 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 where people are, man. It's like the artists. You know, the artists are on there because they're on there promoting themselves. So you go to where your, you know, potential customer or client is, and most of them are going to be on the web. Um, you know, and that that doesn't mean you know, and you can still that can still be leveraged for local stuff, of course. But that that was sort of geared at the you know the kid who's in Idaho or, or maybe up in Maine, a small yeah. town, thinking, well, I'm not gonna be able to make it if if I'm not. I need some else. help. Yeah. Be like, nah, man, you got the internet. Like, you can be fucking anywhere. Yeah, I that's be, very true. My clients will never have to know where I am. You know. Um, yeah. Christian, we we do we have a local studio too, so we do a fair amount of local stuff. He has to be there, but um, in general. We could be anywhere. It has no, we don't rely on. And it's kind of cool too because when you have the online thing, you can go anywhere, and it's 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 a little different thing because like if we bombed here in Nashville, if everyone hated us in Nashville, we did something wrong. Yeah. If everybody hated us in Nashville, you know, it doesn't affect our business. We obviously wouldn't prefer that, but you know, you our pack business up is and online. Go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, 
So yeah, it's kind of interesting. You can it, it, it makes the location irrelevant. I still think there's a lot of benefits to living in, in music. Series, I would but, I would agree with that. Um, you know, we because we get just as much now nowadays. It's starting to be just as much local stuff as online, almost revenue wise. Um, so, heck yeah, why not? But uh, um, but yeah, the internet man is where it's at. It's like that's where you're gonna meet people. That's where you know, like study that stuff. Like spend some time and you know, there's a lot of people that are like they're great producers. You know, and it's mm-hmm. like. Shift your learning a little, learn some other skills. It's just not quite as exciting for everybody, you know. Um, yeah. Or they think it's cheese. They want to be one of the internet marketer guys, but so you know, whatever, whatever gets you gigs. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. I think if, I think in this in this business in music, it, to touch on kind of what you were saying a little bit earlier, is like, I, I'm not. I never feel any amount of satisfaction doing anything else the way I, I do with music. Mm-hmm. And it's always been that way. I think since I was probably 13, it's what I've known I've wanted to do for the rest of my life. And there are always these times where you try other things or you at least think about doing other things and you just can't commit to them. Yeah. You're like, I'm really glad that I've done all this sales shit that I've done because it's played such a huge role in the way that I think about things and the way that I conduct myself in a business sense mm-hmm. and for situation awareness. But... I really just feel like it feeds into what I'm doing now and what I'm trying to do now, which is yeah. still kind of unknown. There's a, there's a, sure. there's always a question mark. I don't know if you feel that way. Do you always <laughs> feel like there's a question mark of like what you're fucking doing is like, so yes, it's called anxiety yeah. and yeah. good medicine for it. Yeah. I highly, rec- highly recommend it. Um, yeah, that's, it goes back to the no blueprint thing, man. It's like, that's, we want a blueprint. We want to check it off the list and say, and say, same with artists too, you know? It's like, like, well, 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 just give me this checklist, and I, you know, I want to check it off, and at the end, where are my fans, and where's my mm, sales? And yeah. stuff like that. It's the same for everything. If only. If only, right? Yeah. yeah I wish I was shit. I'd be a millionaire yeah, if I had a checklist. Yeah. Um, it was a guaranteed checklist. Um, so, yeah, there's always like, is that right? You know, it's, and, and you just got to try it all, and, and over time, it, you get, it gets a little better, because we're in a position where we can, like try some left-handed crap, and if it bombs, it doesn't really affect us too bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we lose a month, you know, a couple grand or something that we yeah. could have made by not being done. A risk. You know? It's a, it's yeah, a risk. It, yeah. It, yeah. As you get a bigger foundation, some of the risk stuff that would, in the beginning, be a big risk, or a little less, you know? Yeah. Um, Congratulations. So, what's that? Congratulations on that. I think that's, that's an achievement in itself. It's just like, when you start to take risks that a couple of years ago would have been big and now they're like maybe small, that's good. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And there's, of course, still risks that are like, like big. to me are huge. Yeah. Like hiring someone, which yeah. to a lot of my friends, you know, I have friends that have 50 plus employees at their company, you know, and I'm just like, how do you, you know, it's so scary to me. 50 people depend on you showing up here and being sane. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, I forgot the question. What was it? Yeah, risks. it was about mar- yeah marketing and yeah. Um, yeah, I forgot the question. Sorry, man. Drop no, it. that's fine. Um, that's fine. Can we move on? Yeah. Um, the next one is don't be afraid of cool people. <laughs> yeah, I know. It seems like everyone looks cooler than you, has a cooler life, and a ton of social media followers. Remember that you are running a business, and the only KPI that matters now is how much revenue is coming in and how much revenue is going out. Not likes on Instagram, which is kind of a little bit touches on 
what you were just saying about hiring someone. I think in a way that kind of plays that kind of plays into it. How so? Um, well, it's like how much money you have coming in versus how much money you have going oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how much are you paying a person? How much are they going to be bringing into the company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah, that's the shit you worry about yeah, versus... Yeah. yeah, so the point of this is, say, I, I've just seen a lot of people stay broke because they, you know, want to do what... They, they, they have fear of not... They want the, cool. the maybe because, Yeah, maybe because the project wasn't as that cool. And this ties in, of course, that you're not going to like everything that you like. And like I said, you can like every project you like, you'll probably just be broke, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like every project you take, you'll probably just be broke. Um, you know, it's, it's like, I think, once you're really into this shit... And, and th- now, we're also in a creative field, so I'm not discrediting, like, a look and vibe is, can be a very important mm-hmm. thing. Um, 100%, you know? Absolutely. So I'm not not discrediting that at all, but what I mean is just like a lot. Uh, yeah, this is for the kids in their early twenties, you know, where you're sort of just still comparing yourself to everything. Which is, I, mean, I, I talk to a lot, consult a lot of kids that are in their early twenties. Like, man, I'm dealing with this. I'm dealing. With, I was like, that's not music. That's just being in your early twenties. It's just kind of a weird fucking yeah, time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what when to you're really figuring t- shit out. Yeah, I don't yeah. know really what to tell you except that early twenties are just kind of weird. You know, it's gonna be a lot of comparing yourself to other people, and you know, because you have these twenty-two year olds who you know, look like they've just got life already. And some of them do, you know, and they're yeah. great. And some of them just make it look that way. But uh, the reality is money in, money out, you know. Yeah. It's the only fucking thing that actually matters. Um, cool or not cool, what's coming in, you know what I mean? That's the reality million, of the situation. You have a million Instagram likes, cool. Is What's the money that's coming in and out of your business, you know? It's like, you look cool, but that, that you don't go to your landlord and say, hey, look, a million Instagram likes, you know, so can we just, oh. like, wave this month? Yeah. Um, obviously, you can use that to build a business from. Um, that's, that's a, I'm not discrediting that, but, uh, yeah, important shit has to matter. Um, so, that's why I have cool dad shoes from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also not a fashion guy, so, you know, it may just be a little easier for me to... To let to go. say that, yeah. yeah. To let go, of the, yeah. That guy looks cooler than me, but you know, this is what it is. Fuck it. We'll hang or we won't. Yeah. I think I think it's so. It's so it's so important. Like I I know for me, a lot of the, the town that I kind of grew up in, is a little bit weird because mm-hmm. it's like there's this real, this like a uh, middle class where they're their parents were like college professors because broken mm-hmm. colleges in, in my hometown. It's like a, a big staple in the community. And then there's the, this lower class. It's like the, the, the white trash, like sure. low wrong. And, and I don't say that as a bad thing. Like I, yeah, I, 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 I've always really enjoyed. They throw the best parties. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, that's, that, that's what I, what I always liked. It was, like, yeah. they were always the most fun to hang out with. Yeah. And I always felt like I was in this weird cross section. In, be- in between the two, and I, I think just so much of where I grew up, it absolutely shapes what I'm what I'm doing today and like my outlook on the world. And I don't know, it's, I don't even know where I was. going It's a good with thing because yeah. you can hang with different kinds of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's part of it. Uh, I don't know. I, it just really valuable experience. Mm. I think there's really valuable experience in, in learning. A, just a little bit about economics, sure. and like the lifestyles yeah, yeah. that come along with yeah. each of them, and then noticing the kind of decisions that those people that are in those certain economic classes are making that either keep them there or put them elsewhere. Yeah, it's interesting to watch. I mean, yeah, I think so. You know, yeah, people watching. Sure. Sort of, yeah, you know. 
Get that from sales. Yeah, right. And then the uh, this kind of ties into it. Uh, be pre- this is number eight. Be prepared to sacrifice some things that your friends will have. Yeah, like six packs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, you just give up a lot of stuff. I mean, sleep. The, 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 yeah, you know, sleep for me is is one I don't fuck with. That's I, smart. I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I probably smoke too many cigarettes and, and not eat the best food and haven't been in a relationship in six years and, you know, uh, it's been a little less time with my family and like to all the, now being back in Charlotte, I, I you know, it's one thing at a time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, sleep I don't screw with, man. Sleep, uh... You have to be on your A game. Yeah, sleep, sleep can be a deadly cycle. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I usually get sleep. I'm not one of those guys that just like works through the night. I get a good amount of hours done in the day. Um, unless I have, there's a deadline or something, but I always try to get my eight, eight hours of sleep. Sleep yeah. is the one I don't mess with because I've, uh, you know, I, I recover, uh, recovering from a, from substance abuse when I was a teenager, that was one that uh, wasn't involved with, with sleeping. That <laughs> kept yeah. you up for a while. Um, so I just, I, I know what that, the, de- the, the, deadly effects of that man like not mm-hmm. being sleep deprived it's not good so I try, I try not to do that but everything else I completely screw up <laughs> sleeping's <laughs> the only one everything else I don't do is great of a job at you're gonna you know sometimes sacrifice uh, you know some relationships and maybe maybe your health a little bit maybe you're you know a little higher stress I mean some people again deal with that better there's some guys that are just like nah health is first you're first and it's important to put yourself first um, and do the best job you can um, because because your business does depend on that, you got have to be there to run it. Um, but uh, but yeah, you just you know in general aren't gonna be able to do some of the shit that your friends are gonna do when you're building your thing. Like they're gonna have cooler cars and shit than you, and it just is what it is. Like, you're also taking a paycheck from somebody sure, else. Sure, yeah, you don't get to spend your money that way. Yeah. In, in the beginning, you can. I don't recommend that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't over overcommit to expenses. Um, which I've been known to do in the past, but you learn your lesson. Um, yeah, you're just, you know, things are going to say, like, oh, you're, you're going to question, like, oh, do I, I could be married right now, and my friends have kids and a job, and they seem fine, you know. And, and you know, you, you know, you just know what makes you happy, and, you know, if it's that makes you happy, then do, then, then maybe that needs to be the focus, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe this isn't uh, the focus, but if, if, if you give this up, building your thing, to, to have that, and, and, you know, deep down, you know, it's not going to make you happy, then, then it ain't going to work either. You can't have both, you know? <laughs> yeah. You got to kind of figure it out. It's almost like they come in phases. Yeah. Yeah, like, I personally, I, I, w- I know one day I want, like, a wife and a kid mm-hmm. and, and all that, but right now, I, I feel like if I just jumped right into that, maybe, maybe you feel similarly about this, is if I just jumped right into that right now, then what if everything that I'm trying to do right now just stops and then I just spend the rest of my life like wanting that thing and I never got to do it. I feel like there would be a part of me that would be very unsatisfying to be around. Well, I think sometimes, you know, being an entrepreneur is sort of a selfish thing. Yeah. You know? Uh, you're doing this shit for you. You're like, you know, I'm building fucking my shit. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, and when you, you know, when you're involved with other people and a lot of it's, it's not about you anymore, especially when a kid's involved. It's, it's not about you anymore at yeah, that moment. Yeah, totally. When that thing pops out, it ain't about you anymore. It's about, it's about the them. Kid. Yeah, that's that's what you signed up for. 
um, and uh, you know, same with the significant other. They need their time too. And and can you actually put someone first for your business? Are in position to do that, you know. And some people are, and some people may have a significant other that is okay with being second to the person's business. Um, but it's it's kind of got to be first for a little while, you know. You and your and your business, if you want to get it, get it going. Uh, maybe that's not uh, for everybody. Maybe there's someone's like, yeah. I got married young, and my fuel is the fact that I have sure this family, and I, I that's not my experience. So I'm not saying my yeah. my way. Yeah, no blueprint. Yeah, no yeah. blueprint. But uh, but for me, it's you know, I don't know, man. It just gives like I get maybe maybe uh, you know I get a, a fair amount of satisfaction out of doing it. Maybe maybe a dis- maybe distraction. Maybe just be me distracting myself from yeah that stuff. Maybe I'll wake up and be like, oh shit, I there's probably a lot of other stuff I should have done, you know. Um, but I don't know. It fulfills me, and uh, so I don't don't really look for a lot of that from other sources at the moment. Um, so yeah. Well, congratulations. I, I would say I I really believe in what you're doing. I mean, oh, there's you, there's so many people out there who say that they want to do it and that they want to do music or they want to do it for a career, but they're unwilling to make those those sacrifices. They're unwilling. And I, you know what? I When I was younger, I used to really look down upon those people, but now I don't fucking blame them. Like, if somebody tells me, like... Yeah, so a lot of times it yeah, sucks. Yeah, it does suck. <laughs> I don't blame it all. I yeah. envy them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, man, why can't I just be a normal person? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> like... When someone's like, well, I think, like, if there was a 16-year-old kid today, and they were like, well, I really want to do music, mm-hmm. and I, I would just say to them, well, do you really, do you really want to fucking do this? Like, yeah. this is a big decision that you're about to make, and it's one that you at least have to commit to for probably until you're 30, like, to, to really figure out, and, and not even to put a, a time stamp on it or anything like that, but you're going to have to put in some time, it's... Sure. It's going to be a process, and you have yeah. to trust the process. It takes time. It's a trickle-down kind of thing. And I think that can be scary, too, um, versus just, like, doing one thing at a time. You know what I mean? Um, like, the 16 year kids, I want to do music. Okay, it's cool. Pick an instrument. Just start playing it, you know? Like, that's step one, you know? Yeah, like, Momentum. Exactly. Momentum is the thing. I think, when you, you know, when it's like, fuck, that is going to be hard. When you look at, like, the end sometimes of, like, oh, shit, you know, this is going to be a climb. It can that t- what I think a lot what makes a lot of people never start you know I would so agree it's just that. like well if you just like learn guitar like, that's the first step right and it's like more than you do you know like, a year ago you have a new thing I mean I my, I think my thing was like a, it was all very slow progression I just happened to get started a little early that's why you know yeah. start playing when I was young so I kind of was into into music so I know how to decently play an instrument by the time I was twelve and, and played a little bit more and then ended up getting into the studio stuff and. Uh, um, it was a slow progression. I, you know, that's the other thing too. It's like, it just takes experience, you know, people, you can't also want the end tomorrow. Um, which is hard. Happen. People are like, Oh, you're whatever, blah, blah, blah. Age. And there's kids younger than me killing it way harder. Um, but it's like, yeah, but like you're not counting like since I was eight, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's actually been 20 years. I'm 28. Yeah. I started playing guitar and I was eight. It's 20 years. You know, I just started a little young like getting into it and, and picking up a little bit of a skill. Maybe somebody's starting at 20, you know, um, somebody's starting at 20 or whatever. So, you know, maybe it takes them till 30 or, you know, there's kids that do it and two years later, they're Skrillex. Yeah. Cool. Whatever. You know, everybody's got their different sort of thing. 
Um, so yeah, it's the the hardest part of anything is so I deal with a lot of like we have a, a couple YouTube channels and part of my job is to get people to make content for the channel. Mm -hmm. and it's like, hey, we got the audience here. You can make a video and be on on this channel right there. You don't have to do all the bullshit of starting your own. Like, if you got products or whatever you want to do, if you just want to be on the you know promote you as a mixer or whatever it is, the channel. You know, yeah, man, it's a great idea. It's great. It's like none of them ever do it. No. It's so hard to get people to do it. Uh, because the first one is the hardest. The first video, making the first video is the hardest. Yeah. Then once they do one, they're like, oh, here's like three more. You know, it's 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 the first just starting is the hardest part of Yeah, and I don't I don't it, from my experience just being like I guess entrepreneur, business minded, all that, that first one, it's not even just with people with music. I mean, people with, oh, sure. involved with music are, are a little bit flakier, but there are people who want to, I don't know, own their own fucking tire company or something like that. And it's like, they'll talk about it for 20 years and not do anything. You just can't talk about it. Like you have to have that, yeah. that impulse. Like some, it's like, once you sell the first tire, like it's game on. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's tough to get to the, I don't know. When did you decide to do the podcast? Like, was it a pretty quick thing? Or was it like, I'm going to do a pie, I'm going to do a pie, and then you like finally did the first one, and you're like, okay, cool, let me book the rest of them. Yeah, I so mean, I it, was, it was a mixture of the two, because I, I knew I wanted to do a podcast for a long, long time, because it's just a medium that I'm into, I feel mm. like it's this really rock and roll kind of thing where there are no rules, mm. and it was actually, there was this, this kid that I met, I, I played this gig at BB King's downtown, mm -hmm. with, with my friend Dale, he, it was like, like my first like, one of my first actual like gig gigs here in Nashville. And he had set me up with it. I was playing with him. And it was it was at this cancer benefit at at the club and this kid walks in and um he's like going to his name is uh what the I can't remember what his name is. But he is going like cross country on a trip from from Massachusetts. Like he started in Boston, New York. Um, Chicago, Nashville, Atlanta, Los Angeles. He went to all of these <coughs> cities and just showed up at places and was like, let me play. So I knew up until this point, I was like, I got to do a podcast, I got to do a podcast. I met this kid and I was like, I should have him on as a, as a guest. This should be my first podcast. I mean, he's interesting. Yeah. Um, he's doing something. He's doing yeah. fucking something, sure. which I feel goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Like he's attempting to do it. So, and I didn't even think anything of it at the club that night. I had given him a business card, and then he called me the next day. So I was like, hey, let's, let's grab dinner just to chat, man. Like, I really respect what you're doing. And then later on, I text him, like, you know what? Scratch that, dude. Come over to my place. Let's do a fucking podcast. I want you to kind of talk about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so that was the first episode. Um, it was, it's kind of a shorter one, so I haven't put it up yet. So I'm kind of just holding it in my back pocket and when I have a week where I'm not releasing anything, I'll, I'll put that out maybe like around Christmas or something yeah, like that. I'm excited to hear it. I'm curious to do but, um, Yeah, so that, that's how it kind of started is I've always known that I wanted to do a podcast and then finally just one day I was like, time to fucking do it. Just time yeah. to do it. This is the Poptimus Podcast. This is uh, Daniel Grimmett. Today we have uh, <laughs> <laughs> flipped it on you there. I was curious. Cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's about getting started. Yeah, yeah. So Sweet. that's... That's basically basically how it happened. Um, I guess tracing it back, I used to have a radio show back in Maine. Okay. It, it was just at like a, at, it was at Bowdoin College, so it was just like a local college station. They, they let they let local people, you know, townies. I was 
I'm a fucking townie who left town. <laughs> That's really what it is. I'm a townie who left town. Yeah. Like, I would be back in Maine right now with all of my fucking friends, yeah. like, drinking and just, like, smoking yeah. and not doing anything with our lives, right. smoking dope. And I absolutely love that. That's that's who I who I really am. I don't want to do anything. I really don't want to do anything deep down. Right. I just want to hang out. But um, there there are things in this world. I just see music as such a great opportunity. And I see Nashville. This is probably an unpopular opinion in some ways with people here. I see Nashville as a graveyard in some ways. Like this is really the old way that the industry did things. It's been isolated from itself from the rest of the music business. I feel like because country fans have bought music still. So, some of the things that I feel like a lot of the ideas here are old, like, other unpopular opinion, Music Row is a fucking graveyard. I don't think there's too many new music ideas happening there. Um, And I think it's guys like you or anybody who's out there who's just flying their own fucking flag and saying, I'm doing my own thing. That's the future. Uh, that's 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 the present. Yeah, there's a fair amount of that stuff going on here, you know, when you find me, I think like anything is, you know, change is going to be rare in, in a lot of places, but but a lot of new mm-hmm. people are moving here and, um, you know, all sorts of, you know, uh, different kind of companies are starting and then more tech music stuff and, yeah. uh, you know, the country stuff, hey, if it's working for them, work it. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. I mean, I, I don't personally yeah. have anything against yeah. it, I, I guess... That was my politically correct answer. But, I mean, yeah. no, really. Like, I, I just, I, you know, um, I think it's all, like, who, who you come across. Um, but there's some, like, it's very different from when I was out here, like, would visit in 2013 and visit in 2010 and then back in 2007, eight when I would record out here with the band. Uh, very different, you know? And some, some of the stuff, like, changed in a bad way and some of it changed in, in a, a cool way. Um you know, like, I, like, lived in, in Los Angeles and where, like, the film stuff is and all that stuff and, like, the, the most, like, hustling, like, hardcore, like, best, like, sync agent I met is here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they can get shit in L.A. where all the shit is, you know, here. It's, like, they're, they're, it's more a little bit more, I think, the new, the new, I don't know, new Nashville. My, I don't know, know if I'm allowed to, like, coin that term. But, like, yeah. what I see in that is... is um, some cool shit happening and, and people that the underdog it's kind of underdog you know mm-hmm. um so yeah they're they're out there man um I don't really hang much with um I'm not super versed in like the the, the traditional way I don't know yeah. if it's better or worse I don't I mean I have a you know a buddy that that mixes some kind of notable country stuff it's more new country you know um I don't know so again I see that as that's like a different kind of world from us um us guys, so... Congratulations on that. I think that... I seriously... I think that's a fucking achievement, man. Like, I really do. I think the fact that you guys are... I wouldn't say isolated or insulated, because I feel like that's the wrong word. But the fact that you're just self-sustaining um, off in your own world. You guys are like doomsday preppers who go out into town to buy canned goods. Like, you're, you're still part of society, but it hasn't completely crashed yet. Right. So I think I think that's... That's really an achievement, especially now, especially now in, in the state of, A, the state of the fucking economy, B, just the way that things are going in the music business, where it, there's a huge question mark on just the music business in general and entertainment in general. It's like yeah. the Wild West again. Yeah, and I think that, 
in in some aspects, it's, it is a good thing. It's, it makes it scarier and less like, whoa, what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. But, like, I probably would have never, like, went and started something if, like, the music industry wasn't in that state. Yeah. I wouldn't have had to. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't have to. So it does, I think it inspires new, whatever, there's, like, you know, big change. It inspires you to do things, and um, it'll be harder for some people and, and you know, uh, a, a big breakthrough for other people. You know, I was not in the industry before that, so I don't know really anything different. Yes, um, yes, good I, point. I've heard, but uh, I just wanted to be in the industry, and this is happened to be the time period where I wanted to get into it, and um, so we're dealing with whatever it is now. And, You're adapting and, to the environment. Yeah, I'm sure it'll change yeah. a million times. Like that's, it, I mean, will, anything, yeah. that's what I'm worried about. You know, what yeah, I mean? like yeah, like we found our little thing now, but like some kid whoop our ass in two years and like we're done son you know so yeah. that's what I'm always looking for the, the young kid you know to, yeah. to, to find while, while we have a little like street cred and whatever the mm-hmm. online world or whatever we can pull some you know the future kind of guys underneath mm-hmm. and uh, so that when I'm I'm 40 I don't have to work at McDonald's which if I do I do but yeah <laughs> um, hey it's, no it's pin- better no, to... no pensions in our company <laughs> yeah yeah I think no you, pensions no you, pension plan you have to you have to take the risk. It reminds me. Do you know who Chuck Bukowski or Charles Bukowski is? The writer. I know that name. Okay, so Charles Bukowski he has he has this poem. Uh, one of one of his uh, books got turned into a movie called Factotum, but he has this poem called "Go All the Way," and that the opening of it is, if hold on, actually I have it written down here. Let me find it real quick so I don't horribly misquote it. Don't want his people coming after him, man. Yeah. He's dead. doesn't matter. <laughs> He's probably still got people. <laughs> Someone's getting the royalty checks yeah. from those books. If you're going to dry, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. So I think that's something. And it, there's it, there's a whole great poem that goes along with it. But, um, yeah, I'd kind of like to end things just on that note. Uh, don't yeah. stop believing. Cool. I'm glad I don't have to come up yeah. with a quote. Yeah.